Sherman of The Athletic joining us. Hello, guys. The intent that he had in putting this staff together will overrule all of that, no pun intended. Yeah, you've got to get bigger and bolder every time, right? Call Mitch. Call Mitch. Call Mitch. Call Mitch. Mitch Sherman of The Athletic joins us on the 42 Degrees, the source hotline on this President's Day. Hello, Mitch. Hello, guys. How are you? Good. Not bad. Uh, Wasn't expecting to get a lawsuit dropped in our laps this morning um, involving the University of Nebraska. I'm curious how much of it you've had a chance to catch up on to this point. Uh, And if you're just joining us, uh, former Nebraska women's basketball player Ashley Scoggin is suing the university, including uh, Coach Amy Williams, Athletic Director Trev Alberts, and former uh, assistant coach Chuck Love in connection with a sex scandal that allegedly took place two years ago, led to her being dismissed from the team, led to Love being terminated from his job. But what were some of your initial impressions as you uh, got this story? Well, I I read through the, the lawsuit, and, um, you know, it's troubling, of course. I think that goes without saying. So we'll see. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't I don't feel like at this, at this spot without having heard from Nebraska and we may not hear from Nebraska, but you know, if it, if it goes to court and it's not settled out of court, then there'll be an opportunity, I suppose. And I'm not sure how those proceedings would work um, to get Nebraska's version of, of these events. But uh, it's no matter what, it's very unfortunate and just disconcerting that um, anything like this happened in the athletic in, in the athletic department, you know, in, inside the women's basketball program or any program there. So you know, clearly, a couple of years ago, when Chuck Love was suspended and then not renewed or fired, I don't recall the exact terminology that was used to explain his departure, but you know, there was, there was, there was some knowledge, um, that, that, um, something like this had happened, but, uh, you know, the, the details that we heard today are much more expansive than anything that I knew or had, had heard. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, not a, not a good look for, uh, any of the people involved in Nebraska, but again, we're, we're not hearing we're not hearing from them on this. So I would, I, you know, I, I wouldn't go um, completely overboard in in, in making uh, conclusions. Mitch, just one for me on this. Any and this is probably hard to answer, but any idea on like a timeline of what we're going to be looking at now for the foreseeable future with this? No, I haven't done it. I haven't been reporting on it. I, I was I was in Lincoln for for a men's bas- reporting on a men's basketball. Um, story um, earlier today when when all of this came out. So um, somebody on our news team at the Athletic has been handling it, and you know I know parts of the Athletic Department are, are it's it, you know this, the university's uh, a little slow today um, with with the holiday. So I don't know that questions are being answered uh, as as quickly as you might normally find in a situation like this. I think they you know there probably needs to be some urgency for for. A response, some kind of a response from from Nebraska. Other than that, it it, it was made aware of the of the lawsuit today, and I would think that we'll 
we'll hear something, but I don't know that it's going to be um, too detailed or, or too insightful. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I have no idea on a timeline as far as when, you know, when you could expect to, to hear more from anyone on it. Mitch Sherman joining us from The Athletic, of course, the world of college football. Now that we're in the world of the offseason, uh, it's now about what happens in the courtrooms and the boardrooms more than it does on the football field. And every year, you know, especially in recent years, we get caught up in these things. But I'm curious, Mitch, what you think with more of the lawsuits than ever being uh, adjudicated against the NCAA, with the conferences being less trusting of each other, with the college football playoff itself in flux. We've been seeing these, you know, slow little incremental moves towards what we think is going to be the inevitable blow up. Do you think that's going to continue to be the pattern or does it feel like there is about to be a major blow up here? That's really going to shake things up even more than the blow ups we've had of Oklahoma and Texas leaving for a conference or, you know, NIL instantly becoming uh, the law of the land overnight. Do you think we're going to keep getting these little incremental moves towards the, uh, the end game? Or do you do you have anticipation that there's going to be something major that's going to pop here at some point? At some point, yeah, but it's hard to say when. I mean, yeah. I, I look at, I definitely look at this next year as landscape altering in in college sports and especially college football, and it's been pointing in that direction for a long time. I mean, you had a year ago or less than a year ago, but a year ago in terms of the the football calendar. Uh, the the new Big Ten TV deal, which bolstered the 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 power of the Big Ten, the financial power, the um, the influence in really every way of the Big Ten, and then of course the addition of the four Pac-12 teams and the implosion of the Pac-12. But it, but here in in 2024, um, later in this year, before we get to the to the season beginning, of course is when the most seismic changes are set to occur in football with the, the shift of the, the Pac-12 teams and the shift of Texas and Oklahoma. And, 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 and the 12-team playoff, of course, it impacts the whole regular season. You know, teams, teams will strategize differently uh, through, through a season as, as far as just how they handle their, their, their roster management and, you know, the way that you schedule eventually will be impacted by that. You know, games that didn't mean as much uh, at, at one time, at one time in college football, will mean more now later in the season because you could have a two-loss team that's still very much a contender for the national championship, which will be new to all of us. So, I think because of all of those changes, I mean, these are bigger changes just to the fabric of the sport than we've seen in a long time, maybe ever. Um, I, you know, I think it's only natural to believe that with that is going to come something big in. in as far as the organization or the governance of of the game of the sport, and you know, it remains to be seen. It, it would make sense for all of that to kind of happen together, but college football often doesn't make sense. So we may go a few years with this 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 jumbled system and and have the Big Ten and the SEC continue to gain power and and you know see where the playoff goes with twelve teams for for a few years and and then you know, the other, the other shoe may fall. So sometime, yes, I do think there's going to be a, a big change to the way the sport is, is overseen 
but I, it, it, it seems a little premature for me to think that that's going to happen uh, in line with the changes that are set to come to, to the actual layout of the game here in, in 2024. Hey, Mitch, going back to your mailbag from last week, you were asked a, a question that I found pretty interesting from a reader uh, about the three biggest hurdles in uh, Nebraska football getting to eight or nine wins in 2024. And, and your responses were, one, quarterback growth and preparedness, two, replacement of defensive leadership, and three, the mental game of believing that they will do what's needed to win in the fourth quarter of close games. Which are you most confident of those three in actually like improving in 2024? i say the second one. Um, because you're talking about the, the defensive leadership, and I'm thinking about the specifically Nick Henrich and, and, and Luke Reimer losing those two guys. And they were, you know, I, I, as, as, as we've kind of done the postmortem on the 2023 season, and not just the season, but the, everything that led up to the season, um, you know, I think we've maybe uncovered um, even more about how important those two guys were to just getting Nebraska's defense in a place where they were ready to play good football. And we didn't, I don't think we thought about it as much last year at this time and in, in, in the later months of, uh, of 2023, like the spring and early summer, because those two were dealing with some injuries. And, you know, Reimer went through spring practice, but he wasn't, um, you know, wasn't able to do everything. And, and, and they didn't want him to because he was an experienced player and had had injury history. And, and so they were a little bit out of sight, out of mind. But but and, and just like the in looking at, at the at the way the defense progressed last year, those two were so important in just laying down the um, the foundation and creating the mentality that 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 was played a big role in Nebraska being a a very good defense last year. So I I, I do think it's not like it's easy to replace them, but I do think that they've built that Tony White has built something that allows for leaders to emerge and you know it's probably going they're, they're going to come from some places we expect but then they're also going to come from some places that we don't expect and you saw you saw players emerge last year on the defensive side like jamari butler and deshaun singleton and tommy hill and um you know some others that you wouldn't have necessarily uh, javen wright that you wouldn't have you wouldn't have seen happening necessarily a few months before so i i expect that's going to happen again and that's going to make it easier for Nebraska to, to replace the leadership um, that was lost, but but I do think it's a significant loss, um, and they're going to have to it's they're, they're going to have to fill that. It can't just be you know the next guy up, and, and and you wonder where the where the leadership comes from. It has to be an intentional thing on the part of the coaches and the players to go and replace what what those guys brought. Almost feels to me like the first and the third elements are almost hand in hand. If the quarterback situation gets developed and you develop great leaders and confident people there then you're going to see a better confident team in the fourth quarter of games I mean you know not to say that Nebraska's got the next Patrick Mahomes but you can see how different that team is playing in the fourth quarter they believe in their quarterback because they believe in that guy behind the center who's always got the ball in his hands and so you would think that almost those two go hand in hand Nebraska will get better at finishing games when they get better at creating better quarterbacks, one hundred percent, and no doubt about it. And and that, that the importance of the quarterback in the big picture of a team, it it it, it it's so magnified in the fourth quarter when possessions are at a premium, and you've got one or two chances to score with the ball, and you have to do that to win or force overtime or whatever, stay in the game. Um, if you have somebody that the whole team believes in. It, it works wonders, and you, you know you see it with a great quarterback. So, 
I, it's maybe it's maybe a, a lot to expect of a true freshman if it's Dylan Rayola um, in 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 this season. Um, if he stays healthy and progresses as everyone hopes, and he's the starting quarterback, it's a lot to ask of your true freshman to, to carry that on his back and be the source of confidence for an entire an entire team that has 22 and 23 and 24 year old players on it. And I don't know that I would, I would, I don't know that Matt Rule is expecting that of him in year one. Um, you know, even even in the things that he would think to himself privately, publicly, he's certainly not going to say that about Dylan going into year one. I mean, if he has a freshman All American kind of season, you get to November, maybe that's a different story, but that's a long ways away. Um, so they're going to they're going to have to find other ways. It can't just be about the quarterback for 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 them to be a confident team in the fourth quarter. And a lot of it's going to have to do with the defense and a lot of it's just going to have probably going to have to do with their ability to 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 be strong at the line of scrimmage so they can have a running game, strong on both sides, but um certainly on the offensive side so they can have a running game to lean on. You know, we've heard him say since rule say uh since the beginning that that he wants to to run for 75 yards in the fourth quarter in every game or every, certainly every game that they're ahead. So um, you know that's got more to do with than just the quarterback, but the quarterbacks is, is the is the key, and and that may that may be more um, of an expectation from this program a year from now than it is than it is going into the spring of twenty four. Hey, Mitch. Speaking of Dylan, you got multiple questions about kind of like a timeline of his start to the career. You know, like I think one reference bringing him along slow. Another one was, you know, will he be the starter in game one? You know, maybe kind of straight into the point. Is there maybe a lack of understanding from some within the fan base that like it's going to be his job? Am I am I misreading some of those questions that you received? Because I feel like I've gotten the same thing as well. There maybe is, uh, and you know, I. I... I can't answer those questions and say he's definitely the starter. It, you know, there's no other way. There's no other way to spin it. You know, the, the, one of the answers that I, or part of the answer that I gave to one of those questions is, if he's not the starter, then something went wrong. Mm-hmm. Something went really wrong in in the way that that uh, you know, this off season continued and progressed. And you can't say that about you can't say that about Heinrich Harbor. You can't say that about Daniel Kalen. Um, so. That's an easy way to explain it, but things still have to happen. I mean, he he still has to go out and show that arm that we know that he's got in in the spring, and he's got to keep his keep his head level and be the kind of leader that they want him to be, and develop a chemistry with the wide receivers and understand all of the concepts. And these are all things that look very promising based on on his history, but you just don't know until when a guy makes the jump from high school to college, even when he's a high-level prospect as a high school player. And I think Dylan's experience in high school, having played in multiple systems and and in multiple states, I mean, you're talking about Texas, Arizona, and Georgia. He's seen high-level football. And, you know, that that at this point comes back to – that helps him because because of everything that he's seen and experienced. It's it's still going to be new, yeah, What the the speed of the game and – the expectations for him and how hard you have to work and, and what it takes to thrive as a college football player. That's an adjustment for everyone coming from high school. I think it will be easier for him just because of his, his array of experiences at the high school level. I mean, that's maybe, you know, that's, that's, that's looking at it, obviously glass half full and saying, yeah, this is good that he he played at at four high schools. But, you know, I think in this case it it is, Um, but it's not a done deal. 
by, by any stretch. So I understand the questions. I think people are just kind of, you know, they want validation. They want confirmation. You know, they're, they're thinking, well, you know, it, it looks like Dylan's going to be the guy. That's, 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 that's the way I would, I would envision it if, if you're a fan, but you know, they ask these kind of questions to, to you or to me because they, you know, they want to hear, they want to hear us say it. And I just <laughs> can't say it with, with, with a hundred percent certainty until, until he, he, he goes out and does his work in the in the rest of the over the next six months, and and of course stays healthy too. Mitch, you are of Omaha. I'm curious, what was your thought when you heard that the developer out at um, Nebraska Crossing wants to bring USA Volleyball to the area? Oh, and how about an NHL team too? And apparently was an, was convincing enough. He at least got a sit down with Gary Bettman recently. But you got to dream big. If you're going to do, if you're going to do big things, you know, I live in Gretna or, or near, near Gretna close, close enough to say that I, I live in Gretna. My kids are in school here and, and that's going to be a big thing to pull off. And, and that doesn't mean that it can't happen. And I'm not really talking about the hockey. I think that's, that's, uh, that's probably too tall (laughs) of a a task to imagine, but the USA volleyball is going to be a, a, a tough thing to pull off. They may do it. Um, but you know, Gretna is a community that, took 10 years of talking about it to build a YMCA, you know, it's a community that celebrated a celebrated the opening of a, of a big high V, you know, like it was the, the, you know, the Taj Mahal. Um, and, and what I mean by that is like, things don't always move fast. Um, you know, we're not, we're not, uh, it's not New York out here. Uh, so, um, but, uh, you can, if you're Rod Yates, um, you can dream and you can, and you can get other people on board um, and you can find the way to acquire the land and generate the funding and create the jobs and build the infrastructure. Um, there's a lot of things that have to happen for, for any of the expansion that he's looking for, let alone um, headquarters for USA volleyball or an NHL team. But there's been a ton of growth already in, in this part of the Metro area and there's going to be more growth. Um, it's just how fast is it going to happen, and can it happen in the way that that he's talking about? I'm glad he's doing it because it's good. It's good for, uh, you know, I think it's good for the community to think big. But um, I'll uh, some of the stuff, all of it, I guess. I'll I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. I wish him the best. I agree. Mitch Sherman of The Athletic. Mitch, thanks again. Uh, enjoy the rest of your President's Day, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks. Bye, Mitch. Speaking of the uh, NHL idea, yeah. I, I did just a little bit of research into the numbers on this. In terms and I'm of... and I'm with and I'm with I'm with Mitch. I mean, this is this is very, very pie in the sky. I mean, the fact you gotta sit down with the commissioner is you know, it's 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 something. There are it, other markets. It means they haven't dismissed it completely out of hand. Yeah, there's but... just other markets that are much bigger than Omaha that would seem to be better fits or certainly that want it a lot more. This is just some random guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it, Portland has been going after a team for years, you know, among among others. I know that there's talk about it like in Atlanta, even though they've already had it a couple of times and it's never worked right. there. But I did dive into some of the numbers, um, and we can go over that because 
They have a picture of a pretty building. It is very we pretty looking. We have a pretty building. Is that one uh, caller upset about the parking or driving situation? Remember I don't know. The he, traffic? Gretna is pretty close to where he wanted it, isn't hey, it? That's true. Hey, listen. This guy's I, gonna be I'm pumped. the one that's going to be upset about the traffic. Yeah, it's going to ruin uh, It's going to ruin your drive home. Exactly. This isn't good for you. No. I guess it's time to move all. to Omaha, John. Move oh, to Omaha. Finally. We could be roommates. I could be Larry to your Leon. <laughs> We'd have a great time. Yes, we would. All right. We've got that and uh, a lot more coming up on 1620 The Zone.